to the Sea of Thieves Keelhauled Podcast. I'm your master, Captain Flameheart, and for my first decree, I order your annihilation. <laughs> God, so troublesome sometimes. Welcome, everyone. I hope you're having a great week. This week in Sea of Thieves, we've got a lot to cover. I want to make sure that I give you some E3 predictions as we get closer to E3. I want to talk about what I think is going to be coming that may result with Sea of Thieves. But also, I want to talk about a little bit of Everwild. Some uh, congratulations are in order. There's some news about some stuff that's coming out as well as some stuff that's missing. And I want to dive into the latest bit of news that's going on with uh, the Twitter ARG that seems to be going rampant between the different communities and who's figuring out what and deciding how it's actually going to pertain to Sea of Thieves. All that and more in this week's episode of Keel Hauled Podcast. I see you little pirates. <laughs> he's, he's talking about the patrons, sorry. Uh, I just wanted to thank the patrons this week. If you head over to patreon.com forward slash Keel Hauled Podcast, you too can become a patron member of the uh, podcast it means a lot to me it helps uh, me purchase equipment that i've been using and pay for it that i've been uh, using to try and upgrade it and do some fun stuff for you uh, this week i wanted to do something a little bit different for the patron call out uh, these are the gold hoarders and the captains uh, who are are generously giving their money to help support the podcast so this week we have bentley beaver chateau Neuve, cosmic johnson and el jefe esteban all in the crow's nest it's really weird guys what are you doing up there jabaro five lumpy srq dub dub goose and evil morpheus are manning the port side cannons papa fuzz registella rust belt kid and tn professor are on the port side cannons big bad pad mina fairy are back on the helm cj super pack davram tv fergatron and kazia the rogue are all fishing off of the gangplanks it's really strange they're in we're not even in a storm xbox mike 29 tech deku windsor chris and zamwow are all using the barrel emote up on the uh up on the front of the ship for some reason it's really strange no one's actually below deck i can't figure out why maybe you could become a patron and help bucket out any of the water that's in there from the holes that we've clearly been taking because everyone's been too busy doing other stuff so pirates thank you all for your support it means the world to me and again head head over to patreon.com forward slash keelhauled podcast you dare join an alliance against me that's right it is that time of year it is june that typically means it is the wonderful holiday for gaming e3 uh normally with this being a standard kind of sea of thieves podcast i don't really get an opportunity to talk about other games and uh that's not really going to happen this episode but i did i did want to throw out a couple ideas because uh it's 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 been a while it's been since the first year really that we ever got any kind of cinematics for sea of thieves so i wanted to talk about e3 i'm, I'm really excited it's going to be happening this coming sunday uh, i'm probably going to be watching it and hanging out with people in the discord if i have the opportunity i know that there's going to be the cyberpunk lore cast show that i still have to do uh so there's that obligation plus the the podcast and stuff but i kind of want to wait till after the xbox uh showcase to be able to talk about maybe stuff that is actually happening with sea of thieves i, I have a feeling uh, I've, I've been talking with some some people and they came to me with the idea and now it's been growing in my head about e3 being a good opportunity for season three and season four announcements for sea of thieves uh we haven't really seen any kind of 
public media display for Sea of Thieves uh, in in a big way. We we really haven't. There's there's been announcements, but games media most most folks they really don't pay attention to Sea of Thieves, which is it's a shame. It really is because I I, I absolutely love what the team has done so far, and I can't wait to find out when some of the things that we've seen in Insiders is going to come to fruition. We don't know if it's, we hope it's this year, but we don't know. So I wanted to talk about E3 because I have a feeling that we're going to get two things, and uh, and, and, and Flameheart was right there. Uh, there is a joining. We, we've had an alliance between Bethesda and Xbox, well, Microsoft Studios, and because of that, I have a feeling, and I, and I actually put this out to the Discord and I was actually really enjoying it because I, I think there's some really good ideas about what could be going on with this E3. And shout out to actually People's Republic for bringing up the idea of there being an actual Bethesda ship livery tie-in. This is this is not unprecedented because we did get the Halo set a couple of years ago and it was really cool. Uh, so a Bethesda ship livery tie-in, Elder Scrolls. Now, this is this is where I find it's kind of tough because I'm not really familiar with Elder Scrolls. Uh, that would actually be Tom Robots from the, the Robots Radio Network. He would probably be the best one to actually talk about this and what could be used for the uh, ship livery set. So maybe one of the kitty people. Um, I don't know what they're called. And I didn't play much Skyrim, so I'm very sorry about that. But I'm sure they're really great people. But I'm sure a Bethesda tie-in would be great. Uh, this... I honestly, to go along with the Spartan set, I think it'd be great if we got a Doom set. If we got a Doom livery set and it actually had Doom guy on the front, I think it would be amazing. I think it'd be a great, great way to uh, pull in. Or even maybe one of the, um, oh, I'm blanking on the armor set that's called for the uh, for Fallout series. What is the armor set called? Uh, but like having uh, maybe a couple people with their Vault Boy outfits and having like the Pit Boy on their arm, some way to, to kind of... Uh, Talk about that. I think it'd be amazing. Power armor. It's called power armor, Logan. You just had to go look it up. So yeah, uh, maybe someone in like a power armor, maybe even a, a, a double up. Maybe they could do Doom Guy and uh, the Fallout armor, the the power armor, and just have both of those, like two guys kind of like at each other. Nah, that wouldn't work. But yeah, there's been some fun, fun stuff going on. So I think there's going to be a great opportunity for us to find out more about some of the games that are going to be coming to E3. I don't want to dive into it too much, but I did have a feeling that we're going to get a Sea of Thieves trailer and it's going to show us some of the stuff that's coming for the rest of the year. And I think that some of that stuff is actually going to tie into some of the stuff that we've been teased about on the Sea of Thieves Twitter page. Um, but just to kind of talk about Everwild real quick, I think Everwild is going to be the first uh, gameplay trailer that we're going to see, not just cinematics. I think we're actually going to get a breakdown of what type of game this is. I think this is going to be a multiplayer game, uh, but with a set narrative and not an online based uh, games as a service. I think I think Rare's pretty pretty busy with Sea of Thieves. They don't really have a whole lot of time to keep up a, a game as a service for two games. I think one game is enough. I think Everwild is going to be single player content uh, with co-op opportunities. And I think it's going to be um, just a, a really interesting game. I'm very, very interested, but I'm, I'm thinking we're going to get a, a breakdown on what that is and uh, how that's going to go. I also think we're finally going to find out more about Forza and uh, where that's going to be. The rumors are obviously with Mexico, things like that. Um, we'll obviously get a Starfield announcement. Probably we'll probably get some uh, better information on Halo Infinite and when the beta flights for multiplayer are going to begin, probably in July with release 
of the game actually in November to coincide with the 20-year launch of the first game and the 20-year release of the original Xbox. Um, there's been a plethora of games that haven't been brought up recently, like Ascend. Uh, I think that's something that we'll probably find out more about in the future. Um, there's a lot of games that I think are really kind of due to come out that we haven't heard much about. Uh, so I'm looking forward to finding out more about that. But getting getting to Sea of Thieves um, kind of stay on topic here if I can. Otherwise, I'm just going to go on forever about Sea of Thieves or about E3. But uh, Sea of Thieves has been doing a, a great job with their social media team. The social media team's been really killing it as far as the ARG game has been going. They've been hiding a lot of uh, different symbols in uh, posts, just kind of trying to give us an idea of more of the ancients language. It's hard to really say that it's skeleton runes at this point because uh, I feel like it's more of an ancient language at this point that was just adopted by the skeletons. Or maybe the skeletons were the ancients left from when other ancients actually uh, abandoned the Sea of Thieves. Maybe the ancients abandoned Sea of Thieves and the dead rose up as cursed skeletons. And the only language they know is the language of the ancients. And ever since us being more uh, or com coming down to to the Sea of Thieves, actually sailing into the Sea of Thieves, we've added to that list. You know, obviously we've got pirates now that are kind of tied to that. But given some of the uh, different tall tales and the way that some skeletons kind of come up out of nowhere and look different than just normal skeleton captains i i'm hesitant to say for sure but i'm definitely i definitely feel like the ancients are the skeletons in some form or another and that that's why the two languages coincide but obviously getting back to it there's been a lot of discussion about the different uh different runes that have been or runes god i hate this word so much i you, re, you guys really don't know how much i hate this word but anyway we've had a couple parchments put out and last week i talked about the the uh first one that we got that was eventually kind of decoded and uh once we we find out we found out more about uh what was going on with that as soon as we figured that out Sea of Thieves put out some more posts that were uh, riddles for locations in Sea of Thieves. And once people found the locations, uh, we uncovered another parchment. And this was even after we had to take photos of bananas. And once once we submitted uh, 100 photos of bananas to Wild Henry, Henry actually told us what the uh, what the riddles were. And then people went out and found the riddles. I actually tried to find one. I was pretty sure I knew what one of them was, but I couldn't, um, it wasn't the right one, unfortunately. But regardless, uh, we figured out what the first one was. And because of that, uh, we now have a new set of runes to try and understand like what they are. Um, so if you haven't been keeping up with the the Twitter page, the new parchment, and this is something that we haven't like we haven't fully uh, translated this latest set of eight runes. But the general feeling is is that the uh, next eight say songstone trapped inside, sleeping for a lifetime. So if that's true, uh, I have a feeling that this relates to the mermaid statues because these are the only stones that have been trapped inside something and the stones in the statues themselves have been sleeping for a lifetime. Um, we don't know if we can actually cure the statues. Maybe the statues are things that we can actually bring back to normal, to, to like a normal state of being a merfolk. 
Um, we don't know a whole lot about them, but having a song stone trapped inside, unless it's a new type of chest, which is very possible, we don't actually know. It could be a new chest. I've seen some mermaid gem theories about a new chest going around. It's been nice to see some ingenuity around some of the uh, concept art. Sleeping for lifetime um, could per pertain to a few things. Could pertain to Flameheart Jr., could pertain to Flameheart himself, could uncover more information about the ferryman. How the ferryman's uh, been exhumed, and since he's been exhumed through the tall tales, his uh, lantern has been released. There might be a song stone trapped inside the lantern, which is what gives it its, its powers. It's hard to know, but I have a feeling that the E3 trailer that we're going to be getting is going to announce the new content updates that we're going to be seeing for the rest of the year, going into, say, like October. Because I imagine with October and December, we'll most likely see kind of the same events that we get. We'll probably get something related to Halloween, like we have with the Of the Damned events. And then we'll probably see another uh, gift-giving event uh, a la Christmas um, for the, the holiday season. And they don't want to tread too much, uh, in the way of other content or other games that are going to be coming out. Cause chances are they're probably going to want to have stuff working and getting prepped for the fourth year anniversary. So they probably won't do too much big in the holiday and October season. Uh, so going into Q2 and Q3 for Sea of Thieves with season two and season four, or season, excuse me, season three and season four, we're already in season two. I have a feeling that we're finally going to get confirmation of Merfolk. And I actually went and did some digging. Um, I'm kind of blending the stories here, but I figure might as well tie it in since I don't have anyone to really be like, oh, what a great segue. Why, thank you, Logan. I think that was a great segue. Let me just dive into the uh, mermaid conversation that I had a ahead of time dug out. So I broke out the, the art book because usually when this stuff comes up, I usually start looking into the art book to see like what little tidbits of information may people have forgotten about when they're posting some stuff about what's going on in the game. And that generally means that you can look into the notebook or look into the art book and see that there is still a bunch of stuff that they had plans on using that have yet come to the game. And Merfolk is definitely one of them. And just based on some of the uh, the stuff that we've actually seen in the past, I wanted to read the little, little bit of excerpt from the art book. So it says here, Merfolk, when the idea, when the idea for in-game mermen and mermaids first arose, the team considered many possible origins for the unique species. One unusual twist on the traditional presentation was that merfolk would be pirates tainted by the curse of the drowned, a fate that would gradually transform them into aquatic forms pictured here. As such, the merfolk or merfolk form needed to accommodate the genders and builds of many different pirates at different stages throughout their transformation. And this is something that's actually in the game. If you looked at any of the merfolk, you can actually see that they are mostly human, but still merfolk in nature. And I have a feeling that the trailer that we get will uncover the merfolk announcement will give us more information about what's coming in the game and will actually announce what i'm calling the lost kingdom of the drowned and that's based on the curse of the drowned that i think they are going to bring into the game and that they're going to have us figure out a way to help break the curse of the drowned and that the curse of the drowned not only transforms some pirates into merfolk but can also release the lives uh of the pirates who turn or the pirates 
pirates? Yeah, I guess the pirates. The people that turned into statues, the mermaid statues. Some of the interesting things in the art book are actually kind of cool. Uh, talks about placing merfolk, a number of approaches to placing mermaids where players could see and interact with them. Should they appear, should they appear playful, hostile, or distressed? So it was definitely clear that they wanted to have them as possible friends and foes which we've seen related to in some of the wall art. Uh, perhaps as a consequence of being placed on rocks, merfolks would occasionally imbued with attributes of Greek sirens during the concept process, luring in ships before launching a raid on the luckless crew, which is a really interesting concept because we really haven't had anything outside of forts and waves of skeletons to attack us. But having full-on raids go after us would be a really awesome uh, style of, of gameplay that we haven't seen from an AI threat. Luring in ships with songs, mermaid raiders bid their time. Perched for quick entry into the sea, this is a mermaid on attack mode and it has a kind of angled downward ready to jump into the water, this tail up high. There's one here that actually has a merfolk with a spear. It says, War chant. The leader plays on a conch as mermaids rhythmically crash their tail fins against the rock. Others leap and land in time. Mermaids congregate singing hymns and chants, mournful ballads sung low and submerged. Disturbing a merfolk ballad can have dire consequences. I think there's a lot of great content that's actually in the art book here that we really haven't seen them actually bring to the game yet. It's clear they spent a lot of time on this. This concept art is amazing. And we've seen hints of it in the E3 trailer from the beginning of the game. One of the other sections in here actually shows a bunch of shipwrecks, uh, a bunch of merfolk actually kind of laying low in the wreckage. And it says the merfolk lair. Several passes of a concept image showing a ship graveyard that's been colonized by the merfolk. It's easy to imagine they're growing in size as new victims are lured to their deaths by sirens with a capital S on the rocks above. So they had an idea of there being multiple types of merfolk. Uh, merfolk that were sirens that would draw players in. Uh, merfolk that would um, kind of stay down low to, to kill anyone that, that survived the actual wreck. And uh, it actually brings me to something else that I think would be amazing, something that we haven't seen in game yet. And it kind of lends a little bit of... Um, little bit of credence. This is something that we really haven't seen. Uh, but in the book, they actually have different themes with the different pirates. You know, you've got the the Devil's Roar pirates, you've got the uh, Sea of the Five Winds, and then you've got the Sea of Sorrow. And the Sea of Sorrow is one of the few things that I think uh, I would love to see. It's very gothic in nature, but the clothing from the gloomy fog-cloaked Sea of Sorrow mixes monochromatic palettes and somber motifs with traditional gothic designs, creating clothing that inspires dread and apprehension. Fog cloaked. What an amazing idea. We have the fog, we have the shroud, a fog cloaked monochromatic motif, gothic in style, to bring in a new set of clothing in for pirates to venture into. And that the only place that you can actually get, the only way you can actually get to the lost kingdom of the drowned, is what I'm calling it, is to venture into the shroud, to venture into the fog, to go to a place that instills dread. And that that's kind of what we're going to be getting with the E3 trailer. I think we're going to be seeing a way to get down into the lost kingdom of the drowned and that it's going to deal with the fog somehow. That's kind of my thoughts on E3. Um, we'll have to wait and see for another week to see how much of this is actually going to come 
true. I doubt any of it will actually come true. Uh, I don't even know for sure if we're actually going to get a trailer, but I wanted to kind of take a moment to go back to the days when we could anticipate E3 trailers, because I think there's something there. I think there's something that's really beautiful about hyping up a community that still does not actually appreciate Sea of Thieves for just how integral to the Xbox ecosystem it has become compared to games like State of Decay. Uh, Xbox has always had the problem of being the quote-unquote shooter system. If you want shooters and you want online multiplayer, you go to Xbox. You don't go to Xbox for narrative, story-driven games in a third-person adventure system. That's that's Sony. And I think Sea of Thieves is one of those small little indie games that could bridge that gap between having shooter elements but bringing in strong narrative. So things I would love to see from E3 are ways for players to interact with the world through story-driven content. Let's get more tall tales out there. Let's get more narrative going. Let's tie a bow on Flameheart Senior. Let's have a cinematic that brings together Duke, who's been out there searching for these ancients and this prize that he's looking for. Let's have him find what he's looking for. Let's have him head over and join Madame Olivia and Arthur Pendragon to discuss the future of Sea of Thieves and how they are going to beat back Flameheart to strengthen the seal on the Sea of the Damned and let us know how we can get to the Sea of the Damned by joining with the Sea of Sorrow, the pirates from the Sea of Sorrow. So there's only one way we're going to be able to stop Flameheart, and that's by sealing up the rifts that he's creating. The, the veil between the Sea of the Damned and the Sea of Thieves is very thin right now. Graymorrow, Stitcher Jim, Wanda the Warsmith, they've all done a great job at breaking down the magical tethers or not tethers but the planes of existence you know every time we die we go to the fairy of the damned the ferryman is the one person that's allowing us to get back he has no control over what's going on in our world and he can't stop flameheart but he has enough information and i know that arthur pendragon can do what he can do in our world for now but we can act as his avatar and the pirate lord is familiar with the ferryman as well too so i think between the three of them they can help give us enough information on how to seal up the rifts that are being ripped open with these ghost fleets of flameheart and once duke finds what he's looking for he'll be able to get together with pendragon madame olivia to exploit whatever thing it is that he finds that gives us the power to close up these rifts and i would not be surprised if this ancient thing is being kept by the merfolk and that we have to get to the merfolk to be able to help him find this thing and i think it would just be a really great trailer so those are kind of my hopes those are kind of my dreams for what i think is coming based on the teases that they've given through the the parchments based on what duke's been doing he's been over at old salts atoll He's been messing around with the mermaid statues. This latest parchment definitely gives me a sense that they are they are doing that with the songstone trapped inside, sleeping for a lifetime. If that's the accurate translation, which we I'm still waiting on that. I don't I don't know what the actual translation is, but that's the closest we've seen. Um, I I definitely feel like this would be the E3 to finally wrap up the flame heart story everything that we've gotten so far has always been through youtube videos or streams i really want us to get an e3 presentation i really want rare to come out in full force and say hey this is whatever wild is get excited it's coming out next year expect it earth day 
2022. Meanwhile, in Sea of Thieves, we have a whole new story adventure to bring pirates in with a load of different content that's going to be flushing in to, to tie up the Flameheart story. So get ready. You think you weak pirates can stop me? Well, maybe we could use some help from Sea of Thieves. And if you guys haven't seen, uh, I wanted to move away from E3, get away from Flameheart for a little bit. I wanted to talk about over at IAM8Bit.com. They now have a Sea of Thieves 3 vinyl LP soundtrack for $100. This has three vinyl uh, records, and each of them, the center of them, actually has a papercraft label that actually folds up. And if I recall correctly, one of them actually looks like uh, the little music box <laughs> pirate, which I absolutely love. If you if you check it out, the uh, if you ever check out the music boxes, it's always got that little pirate skeleton guy with the banjo. He's on there. Uh, if you look at the uh, Wild Rose uh, music box, it's got Wild Rose and George on there. And then the other one actually has a brig with the uh, hunters, no, the shark hunter livery set with a megalodon circling. And the megalodon looks to have a white fin, which just cracks me up. But they've got a, uh, a hardcover gatefold, which I have no clue what that means. There's a 24 page storybook bound inside the the actual uh hardcover gatefold the album artwork is by uh Haley Wakefield the story art storybook art is by Vivian uh she I think is how it's actually pronounced sorry Vivian apologize for that and this is actually the full soundtrack to the game which is insane we've been wanting this for a while you know they've been putting out a lot of the different songs out on Spotify as well as other streaming sources uh, like Tidal, which I think is still a thing going on. But we've always wanted kind of a physical version of that. And because I'm, I'm honestly, I'm going to throw this out there right now, because uh, Craig Duncan is such a vinyl head and loves having vinyls, I think that is why we are getting a vinyl set. I personally do not collect vinyls uh or records i just call them records is it weird that i just want to call them records they're i know they're vinyl but they're just records uh but i don't collect them i kind of wish i did and at a hundred dollars it's hard to to justify getting into it when this would this would probably be the first thing and so i would have to have good speakers i would have to have a record player and i would have to buy these but i really want these just for the sake of having the art book and i, I wouldn't have any way to play them but man i tell you what this is <laughs> this would be a cool this would be a cool gift. Not going to lie. This would make any Sea Thieves fan uh, really happy, especially if you're into vinyl records. But I'm glad we're getting the soundtrack. It's been nice that uh, it's something that's available in a really, really well done up fashion. You know, this is not just like a, it's not just a cheap thing. It looks great. They did an awesome job with it. It's definitely worth the money. I just don't have any way to play them at this point. So that's great to see. Love it. Uh, let's get some more stuff like a second book and some more comics out there. Uh, rare if you're listening. Thanks. Love you. One of the other things I wanted to dive into are some of the tweets that came out from Sea of Thieves. Um, little things here and there, nothing too major, but I actually really liked the hashtag Trivia Tuesday. Uh, it was something that actually I think kind of secretly ties into what's going to be coming with E3. I really feel like it is, but Sea of Thieves put out the tweet on June 1st, said, unaware of his father's drastic transformation. 
the adopted son of Captain Flameheart, took it upon himself to reach the Sea of Thieves aboard a ship named the Silver Blade. His new life did not work out as the world as the would-be pirate intended. And it says uh, a replica of the Silver Blade drifts behind a pirate in a white outfit. The Silver Blade is a black and white ship with a symbol of a compass on its sails. Now, if you don't know, I would be really surprised. But the Insider, the NDA Insider program, offers these as rewards along with gold. Uh, if you go in every week, and I think it usually resets on Mondays, if you go in every week and you sail around for an hour, you earn progress towards earning these cosmetics. And it's a full Silver Blade set, too. It's a full Insider's Silver Blade set that transfers over to the retail version of the game, which is really funny because you can do anything you want consequence free in the insiders and earn cosmetics that transfer over. Your gold doesn't transfer over, your doubloons don't transfer over, uh, your ancient coin doesn't transfer over, but your cosmetics do, kind of like Arena, which is really just kind of funny thinking about what you're doing. But anyway, that's a result of the insiders. It was kind of a nice way for them to tweet out about some of the lore that we already knew about from the Tales of Sea of Thieves book. And I just, I, I like these Trivia Tuesdays. We also got word about the Reaper's Bones continuing to tally the flags that are claimed during the Reapers versus the World event. Uh, again, that's something that's ending on June 22nd. You want to make sure you turn in at least 10 flags to be able to earn one of the different headgear honoring the company that lost the most in the event. Right now, Gold Hoarders is winning by a friggin' landslide, guys. A landslide. Reapers, what are you doing? Get out there and get some Merchant Alliance people. Even if you have to coax them back to the actual outpost get them to drop the gold hoarder flag and put up the merchant alliance flag the merchant alliance flag as of what is this june 3rd 126,172 flags turned in 126,000 sounds like a lot the order of souls 149,000 149,000 almost 150,000 the gold hoarders 240,000 flags 240,000 now here's the weird thing about this um because as much as i love this little event that they got going on that they're just giving away cosmetics if you turn in 10 flags that is the bare minimum requirement you can get the headgear there's not an ashen no not ashen what am i thinking athena's fortune there's not an athena's fortune headgear there should be a pirate legend version that has the athena fortune headgear that gives it to pirates who turned in a certain amount of pirate legend gold or treasures during a certain amount of time and have that as an extra reward for pirate legends. Now, obviously, like it, this is all said and done. It's hard to really kind of give feedback and hope for the future, but I'm very surprised that Gold Hoarder is still the highest, uh, especially given some of the changes to the different types of voyages. I really anticipated that people would go out there as Merchant Alliance with the commodities and the lost shipment voyages, Merchant Alliance really is not that bad nowadays. Now, granted, I understand you're already yelling at me, Logan, commodities aren't worth it. They nerfed it to the ground. I get it. I know, I know, but it's still easier than going out and getting chickens and pigs and snakes. So you can't fault me on that one. I still know that gold hoarder is the easiest because you can go do vaults and vaults have a ton of gold and it's a great way to make gold. But I don't know. I still feel like Merchant Alliance should be a lot higher than it is. But for whatever reason, still the most the, the least popular of all the different trading companies. 
Ahoy there, Pirates. This is the ad for this episode, and I did want to let you know if you wanted to avoid these and just get a regular filler, you can head over to the Patreon. There's a special feed just for patrons that get the ad-free version. If you want to keep listening, though, I can't say I blame you because this week I want to let you know about Loot Crate and getting 15% off of most crates and crate subscriptions when you use the link and code ROBOTSRADIO in the show notes. Also, you can head over to audiobooks.com, get your first three audiobooks for free, and that can include any two VIP books or use the affiliate link for Green Man Gaming. If you're a PC gamer or you'd like to save money on games, it's one of the benefit of being a PC gamer. Head over to Green Man Gaming. You can get codes for Steam, Epic, any of the different stores that they have deals going on. They have deals going on all the time and if you plan on buying there, please consider using our affiliate link. All of that goes straight to me through the network. Thank you all so much for everything that you do to support this podcast. It means the world to me and I continue to try and improve the quality and the content for you. With that pirates, let's get back to the show. Next up on today's docket, I wanted to give a congratulation out to Larry Herb, who uh, just recently on May 31st, 2021, announced that he hit pirate legend. Now, congrats to Larry. He's a very busy man. He plays a ton of games. He plays so many games. It's crazy. But it's so great to see that Major Nelson has finally joined the ranks of pirate legend. He finally hit uh, 50 in the three trading companies. I believe it was actually the original three at that too. So it's it's one of those things where I I love seeing when people like this are, are out there. They're actually getting pirate legend. You know, a lot of the devs who've been playing the game have been playing on multiple versions of the game, you know, both insiders, both in beta testing and alpha testing and playing internal builds. And by the time they get home, hardly any of them really have time to jump back on the seas and play some more, especially when they are used to future builds that have things like better fixes or different things. And they don't they don't really want to jump on and, and have to worry about that too much. But there are a few out there that still work on getting Pirate Legend even outside of the internal game they, they do it on retail and i really appreciate that but seeing uh, major nelson finally hit pirate legend every week every week he, he almost without fail they talk about what they play and he always adds pirate legend or uh, excuse me sea of thieves to that list and i still want to get him i still want him to join me on the uh, podcast for an episode to talk about his adventure he's been playing the game since alpha since when they were doing testing for it back when it was called athena's fortune so he he knows he's been a pirate for a long time and finally hitting pirate legend it was so great to see uh him him be able to get that and to celebrate it um so congrats to you i would love next i would love to see uh if we could get phil spencer to announce pirate legend if he hasn't already i don't know if he has he's they're busy people look they don't they don't just make podcasts and stuff they they are very busy people but i would love it if phil spencer could announce his pirate legend status on sea of thieves so with that pirates there was one thing that i did want to dive into i'm not going to spend a whole lot of time about this but i did get a message from a listener who wrote in and uh, they messaged me so i'm assuming that it's okay for me to talk about but uh, they they wanted to say just returning to the game since launch stopped playing after the new section of the map the volcano area and shroud breaker anyway what I'm getting at is I would love a podcast episode about what I what all I've missed what all I need to know what everything is and what to uh, watch out for I guess 
Maybe there already is an episode like that, I just can't find it. Don't care too much about cosmetics right now, but just curious about a simplistic what's been going on with the lore. The main story beats, so I have an idea of the world again. New reputations are a little confusing as well. Are there pretty much just like the main three? I have so many in-depth questions. Ooh, all right, well, this is going to be a tall order, so I don't know how much in-depth I'm going to be able to get this for you. Um, what I wanted to do, at least this episode, was to kind of break down some of the bullet points. Uh, you say you haven't played since about Shrouded Spoils, uh, or actually, was it Shrouded Spoils? No, I believe it was the uh, Forsaken Shores and the Shroud Breaker. So the Shroud Breaker would have been Tall Tales. So I don't know if you've actually done any of the Tall Tales. I imagine you have, but based on Shroud Breaker, but let's just kind of take it from the anniversary update, which came out April 30th, 2019. Uh, since then, we had Black Powder Stashes, which was a small event during May to actually cover some of the, uh, or actually, no, it wasn't during May. It was during July. We had a small update after anniversary update, um, or no, sorry, I'm mixing my years up now. Wow, this has been, there's been a lot of content, let me tell you. Okay, so there's Black Powder Stashes, which started in July and went to August. And this kind of kicked off the monthly cadence approach that Rare started to try and dive down. And this was actually kind of the start of where we got a lot of the Captain Flameheart Senior uh, lore. This is kind of where it, when it kicked off is when we had to start guarding around different gunpowder uh, barrels from place to place to place and digging them up. Uh, this update definitely took a lot of key elements from the merchant uh, or mercenary voyages, like the Rum Runner uh, mercenary voyages and stuff where, where we kind of knew in the Reapers runs, where we kind of knew where to go, we were going to be doing those. And we went and dug up a whole bunch of mega kicks. That was kind of when mega kicks were a thing. Dark relics after that came and that was when we actually started finding some of these different little relics, uh, that if you actually head over to the Fort of the Damned, that used to be Old Boot Fort, just next to Snake Island, you can actually go up into the Fort of the damned and actually see on the table there's the different little relics that we collected we went and collected a whole bunch of those and we brought them to duke as well as the order of souls to try and reclaim them because they were being stolen uh we later found out that that was because of stitcher jim and the mass stranger who is actually wanda the warsmith so if you played through the cursed sales event wanda the warsmith who created the cursed cannonballs disguised herself as the masked stranger and i'll get into that in a little bit as we kind of work our way through this smuggler's fortune came out where we went and dug out some more uh bounties i believe this was when we actually had the uh, reapers bounties that came out uh, if i recall correctly um actually i would probably be do probably do well to actually look up a little bit more about that but uh that was where i think no was it reapers bounties or was it reapers chests i think it was reapers chests um and that was when we actually started to see a little bit of change over at the unnamed isle where the killer whale uh, ship set or shipwreck was and we started to notice a little bit of uncovering around the ruins on one of those islands uh, some some stones in a circle started appealing uh, appearing and some scaffolding with the reaper's chests uh, opened up which showed us that there were actually skeletons with torn garments uh, just bones inside the uh, reaper's chests that we were delivering to the masked stranger on that hideout uh, or what what is now the reaper's hideout formerly the wreck of the killer whale area then we moved on to the fort of the damned um this was an interesting update because it brought in 
an entire new fort. It turned the Reaper's bones and the uh, relics, the dark relics, and all of that culminated in a rift opening up and gobbling up Old Boot Fort and turning it into the Fort of the Damned, which is now a bridge between the Sea of the Damned and the Sea of Thieves and a ghost of Grey Morrow, not actually Grey Morrow, but a ghost of Grey Morrow is now able to be summoned using one of the ritual skulls from the uh, Dark Relics update if you gather all of the Flames of Fate. So there's a well in the uh, Fairy of the Damned that, depending on how you die, will give you a Fate of the Flame. And if you use all of the different flames to light up the statues of the ferrymen in the Fort of the Damned, you will then be able to ignite the summoning ritual for the ritual skull that gets placed on the skeleton in the cage at the Fort of the Damned and summon the ghost of Greymorrow. Then we get into the Seabound Soul. Seabound Soul happened uh, November 20th in 2019, went to December, and that was the first tall tale since the original tall tales that came out on the anniversary update, which I'm assuming you played through because of the reference to Shroudbreaker. And that was our introduction to uh, Arthur Pendragon Jr., who was the captain of the Black Witch over on Shipwreck Bay. And using the champion's sword, uh, he was able to find his way with us uh, to an island out in the Devil's Roar, where we exhumed the body of Flameheart from the Ashen Dragon shipwreck that was keeping him sealed away. So what ended up happening is because of the seabound soul, we found uh, Pendragon's ghost. And with his help, we were able to track down the ship that was carrying Captain Flameheart's coffin, which at the time we didn't know was Captain Flameheart. We just thought it was a trapped soul. And Pendragon being charged by the Order of Souls and the Fairy of the Damned to free souls who were trapped in Sea of Thieves so that the ferrymen could take them and bring them back to the Sea of the Damned, uh, inadvertently took the skull of Captain Flameheart from the tomb um, on Flintlock's Peninsula. I think that's what that was. I think it was on the Flintlock Peninsula. Um, we ended up releasing the soul of Flameheart Sr. And unfortunately is the reason why Flameheart Sr. is now hanging around as a, a world event. But I'll, I'll get to that in a bit. Um, moving on through the different updates uh, from Seabound Soul to the Festival of Giving, that was just an event where we found gifts that uh, were originally quests, but are now found available in the Fort of the Dan or Skeleton Forts. Um, that was when we had to actually get people to turn in gifts and they would have to turn them in. They would get credit, we would get credit, and it was a way to try and build a little bit of friendliness on the seas for a while, but it was kind of tough because uh, realistically people didn't want to go turn in other people's treasure for whatever reason. Um, after that, we got the Legends of the Sea update, which is uh, an interesting one because it was community uh, driven by one of the community members from Sea of Thieves who started work or from the community who started working at Rare and their goal was to showcase all of the different people who had Easter eggs minus mine uh, who are in the game. So all of the Easter eggs that were brought on by different members of the community, uh, alpha players, beta players, streamers, content creators, things like that. Um, they all have Easter eggs in the games. Um, in fact, I think mine's the only one that's not in the Legend of the Seas. So uh, they're all there and you can find them throughout the world that brought 
context and gamer tags to all of them so that you can actually see whose they are and talk to Umbra, uh, who's from the Banana Quest from the original uh, launch of Sea of Thieves, if you remember that. And going through there, you'll actually be able to uh, earn commendations and rewards for going around the world looking for all these different legends of the sea. Um, mine is just the captain's captain skeleton, or excuse me, I don't know why I'm saying that weird, the skeleton captain that you can find out and about in the world. So if you just see Captain Logan, I'm, I'm, that's mine. And I don't really have a Legends of the Sea commemoration for it. After that, we got the Cruise of uh, Rage. That was the introduction of a new Rage chest, which opened up the Molten Sands Fortress out in the Roar. It was the first time we'd ever had a fortress out in the Roar open up, and the treasure inside was lackluster compared to the Fort of the Damned, and the, the distance to get out there, plus the threat of volcanoes, did not really make it an enticing fort to go do uh and really didn't capitalize on what i think rare wanted to do which was try and up the game of the regular forts uh as a result of of the time when they actually did kind of revamp the fort loot uh with the festival of giving which i believe was when we actually started getting the um different types of stuff in the actual forts so that the forts would then actually have stronghold loot that would be one thing for each of the three different original trade companies moving on from the cruise of rage uh we got the heart of fire tall tale which is probably to this day still the best tall tale as far as balance goes it was the first tall tale that gave you uh three different paths to go down into when you ventured into um the actual tall tale to actually see like instead of having to do it three times and have the same path three times in a row uh that was when you actually could pick a different path and have a different uh pathway or different experience as you were going through the heart of fire this was also during the time when stitcher jim had disappeared for a while it had become clear that he is definitely evil uh even though he had been trying to work with duke to kind of turn a new leaf uh, he went missing after the Forsaken Shores, after he tried to kill, or after he successfully killed most of the crew of the Shroud Breaker and uh, Captain Morrow. And when he showed back up, he said that he, he was willing to turn a new leaf. He fell in love with a masked stranger, and she was helping him, and he wanted to do good. Well, with the confidence and trust of Duke, that all went to pot, and as such, uh, we chased Stitcher Jim down into the Heart of Fire beneath of uh, one of the, the islands in the Devil's Roar to eventually find that he had stuck his hand into one of the chests of rage. It freaked out. He ran away. Captain Flameheart called us out and told us we were all going to die, and the Masked Stranger watched it all happen from high above. Since then, we have not seen the Masked Stranger or Stitcher Jim. This was uh, March to April of 2020. So it's been over a year since we've seen Stitcher Jim or the Masked Stranger. After that, we got the Ships of Fortune update. That was the anniversary update for uh, 2020. This is actually the thing that um, was really beautiful because it introduced uh, a new trading company um, with the Reaper systems and the... Uh, Oh, so you know what? We, I skipped over the hunter's call. The hunter's call was introduced as well, too. And that introduced fishing uh, and came along with pets as well, too. So if you find yourself fishing and uh, gathering meat, uh, use that to turn into the hunter's call to earn reputation with them 
they're one of the few original trade companies uh, now that don't have any additional voyages. They're just out on the sea posts, which there's two sea posts per sea. So two for the shores of plenty, two for the wilds, two for the ancient isles, and two for the devil's roar. With those guys, uh, you just earn cosmetics the way you do with any of the others, but they are a venue that you can use to get to pirate legend if you haven't already so going into ships of fortune we finally got emissary systems the emissary system is a way to earn a bonus on reputation and gold if you represent any of the trade companies you have to have a majority vote after buying the having a one-time purchase of the emissary flag that will then actually get you to the point of uh of representing each trade company and it brought in the reapers and the reapers are what the unnamed island for the killer whale has turned into. So the masked stranger who was previously on that island collecting items, relics, gold, gifts, anything, uh, she then turned that place into the Reaper's hideout, where the Servant of Flame is now residing, who we still don't know who that is. But many have speculated is Flameheart Jr. <laughs> So with the Reaper's hideout and the Reapers, there was now a viable means to hunt down and steal flags and treasure from other emissary companies out on the seas to earn reputation for their own faction. That faction itself can then turn as a or then become a means of earning pirate legend status. If you wanted to do Gold Hoarder, Order of Souls and Reapers to level 50, that would earn you pirate legend if you wanted to do sea dogs reapers and merchant alliance that would also earn you pirate legend status you could then earn that it just has to be one of those uh this was also the last major overhaul to the arena mode where instead of digging up multiple chests and having multiple ships and multiple islands it then turned into one chest with a beacon and multiple crews fighting over it to turn into the one spawn uh, turn in place in the arena mode. The arena mode was also turned from a 24 minute session to a 15 minute session to shorten the lengths. Uh, they still have never added the brigantine and they have since discontinued development for arena, uh, subsequently turning off voice chat due to toxicity. Um, after that, that was kind of the big updates that we got. Since then, we've had lost treasures, which was a minor update with some quality quality of life improvements. We had the Haunted Shores, which introduced the Ghost World event, which is the Flame Heart in the Sky, as well as new Order of Souls voyages and the Shanties system that allows you to pick and choose what Shanties you want to play specifically. After that, we got the Ashen Winds, which introduced the Ashen Winds event, which is the giant flaming tornado out in the sky, if you ever see on the horizon, and the Ashen Lords, uh, which are the servants of Flame Heart. When they drop an Ashen Wind Skull, you can pick it up and use it as a Flame Hoarder. The more you use it, the, the more value depletes from the actual turn-in of that skull. After that, we got Volt of the Ancients, which was the Gold Hoarders were scared about Flameheart's resurrection or uh, unleashing and have been asking pirates to go up and dig the Vault Keys from their hidden locations and bring them back to the Gold Hoarders. If you open up the vault, though, and bring back the the gold and treasure inside, the ancient uh, or the gold hoarders will reward you for that as well, saving them the time of having to go out and empty those vaults on those their own. 
and the puzzle vaults from the Shroud Breaker Tall Tale were then repurposed as vaults of the ancients and work a little bit differently than the actual uh, vaults uh, from the Tall Tale event. After that, we got the Fate of the Damned event, uh, which just kind of brought in some different cosmetics, but also added some more use and some ease of use for the uh, Fate of Wells uh, or the Well of Fates, which is another tie to the colored lanterns that you can get, which you which also have commendations tied to them for collecting different flames and lighting the different beacons. And then after that, uh, we got another Festival of Giving event, but mostly it went into Season 1 and Season 2, which is their new method of content delivery every three months. They uh, have a new season where they have many events that actually uh, show up in between those. So they offer different cosmetics. There's a free tier and a paid tier. The paid tier is $10 and it gets you content from the Pirate Emporium, uh, which was a new introduction for microtransactions to be able to earn liveries, pets, cosmetics, things like that for actual money uh, through Ancient Coin. There's also Ancient Coin skeletons that can appear on islands. If you kill them, you can earn anywhere between a dollar to five dollars in ancient coins depending on the rarity uh or, or how many you find at a time but they are kind of rare spawns they make a lot of noise a very specific unique noise that you won't hear anywhere else in the game so if you hear a weird noise and you don't recognize it go hunt it down and kill it with that i think that's pretty much everything uh i'm surprised i kind of blew through most of that there's a lot of stuff that i i really didn't dive into because uh if you if you want to know i would genuinely just i would head back to the earlier episodes of the podcast and start binging through them there's a lot of uh minutiae that i go into and most of that stuff is still relatively uh accurate not much has really changed for a lot of those different events uh outside of the scheduling of them or say like the the actual difficulty of them most of them have actually been nerfed but if you have any questions uh if you're listening to this hopefully this was a good enough summary for you i figured with e3 coming and this question now is a good time to kind of look back since the anniversary update and just kind of talk about like what have we actually gotten has it been a lot of content has everyone been satisfied with the content because i think that's a big question we're going into the rest of this year rare has said that the biggest this is going to be the biggest year uh for sea of thieves yet i believe them uh based on some of the stuff that i've seen on insiders and some of the stuff that i've pieced together based on the clues that they've been giving and i'm hoping that that's the case uh we'll have to wait and see how things go with season three and season four i generally temper my expectations because usually when rare says that uh things are going to be the be best year ever they are, but not the same way I think a lot of people generally assume that's going to go. I think a lot of people have bigger hopes uh, for, for what's going to come versus what's physically possible with actual development. So uh, listener, I hope that you listen to this episode and let me know what you think of the summary that I was able to provide. Hopefully it was good enough. If you have any questions, content, uh, con or excuse me, comments or concerns, sorry, I've been talking a while. I don't know if anyone knows that, but yeah, I've, I've actually been kind of burning through all of that in one in one sitting. So uh, it's so hard to judge, but I'll, I'll genuinely say that Sea of Thieves is still adding content on a regular basis, whether you think it's rehashed, whether you think it's just a, a remix of stuff that we've had in the past. I think we're going to get some fresh stuff soon and I can't wait for it. 
Um, it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of this year goes and see what comes out of next anniversary update. But we'll hopefully know more in a week. I'm, I'm really genuinely hoping that we'll have the monthly episode that we usually get where they talk about the podcast and they come on and do the the you know the the every month podcast at this point i'm hoping that that will come after the e3 update and they'll be rehashing what happened with the e3 update to hopefully give us a little more context on what we saw and that the trailer will be awesome and i'm already predicting duke pendragon and olivia talking together uh about what they're noticing in the game and uh probably shelly shelly will make an appearance shelly the crab will make an appearance and we'll finally get crab pets in the game those are my predictions let me know what your thoughts are i had a lot of people let me know that they want to see some resolution with the story with uh with an e3 update uh i'm going to be watching e3 um i'm in the discord for kill hall podcast obviously so if you want to watch it with me, hit me up. Let me know if that's something you guys want to do. We can see if we can work it out. If it if the timing's good enough for the other podcasts that I do, uh, great. If not, I may talk to my other co-host and see if we can reschedule uh, the Cyberpunk podcast so that it doesn't drop right in the... I should really look this stuff up when I'm actually talking about it instead of sounding like an idiot. But I, I'm pretty sure it won't conflict. Uh, I'm going to take a look and see right now. That is happening 10 a.m. Pacific time, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Sunday, June 23rd, or excuse me, June 13th. So that won't be in conflict. I will have to wake up early, but I will do it if it means that we get to hang out and watch some E3 fun. So Pirates, that's going to do it for this episode. If you liked it, let me know. There's plenty of ways to do that. Head over to Apple Podcasts, rate the podcast, throw a review down. Let me know what you think. Uh, actually, I think one of the <laughs> I got one of the best reviews the other day, and it was so funny to uh, to see just what <laughs> just what they actually thought. I I really love this, so I'm going to pull this up and take a look and see if I can read it to you. Um, so this comes in from the Great Britain Apple Podcasts, a uh, five-star review from JCCMPD. Rare stole the idea from this guy. This guy is saying stuff about this place called Sea of Thieves and this random company make a game called Sea of Thieves that has everything that this podcast talks about. You should sue Rare. I've reached out to them for comment. They have uh, not said anything. Uh, I will be speaking to the first person that says that they're a lawyer and seeing if I have a case. If I do, then I will definitely see if we can come to an agreement outside of court, in which case they can hire me as a compensation for all the stuff that they stole. Uh, at the same time, pirate, so they kind of stole. I can't really blame them. I do the same thing. So with that, Pirates, if you want to if you want to get a hold of me, this is a great way to do it. I love these reviews. This is probably one of the, the, the better ones that I've, I've read in a while. Uh, otherwise, you can hit me up on Twitter at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. You can send in an email to the show at C-A-P-T L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com. Logan at gmail.com. Head over to the show notes. Find the link for the Discord. Head in there. Go into the E3 2021 channel. Tell me what you want to see for E3, whether it be Everwild, whether it be for Sea of Thieves. Are we going to get anything from Rare? Are they going to step up? Are they going to promote their game and show us what content is coming down the line? Am I going to be right about Duke, Olivia, and Pendragon coming together to tell us how we're going to deal with Flameheart 
Or am I completely off my rocker and I need to sit back down, boy? With that, pirates, thank you. I love you. And I look forward to sailing with you in the Sea of Thieves.